You're listening to the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast with John Ballard and Evan Facinger. All right. Thanks for joining the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast. We've got a good topic today. We're going to be talking about how to choose an agency for your website redesign. John, I know you've got a lot of experience in this, right? Yeah, to be fair, we are an agency, so I'm a little bit biased on which agency you choose, but I think there's some good information for you guys looking at uh, redesigning your website today, so I'm excited about this topic. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and what's great about this topic is that I think it's always going to be relevant because anybody that's been through a website redesign before knows as they're going through the different proposals that a lot of companies seem to one, you know, craft their proposals differently, have different types of estimates, whether it's hourly or fixed fee and also different deliverables that if you, you're not really sure what's listed on there, it could be real tough to make, you know, an apples to apples comparison. So with this podcast, the goal, right. And granted, like John mentioned, we are going to be biased as a web development agent. Agency, but the goal here is to really be able to, you know, leave everybody listening with some actionable insights into choosing a web development agency. You know, what are some things you should look out for? What are some questions you should ask just to make sure that they are the right fit? And just like we're not the right fit for every single company, you know, other web development agencies aren't the right fit possibly for your company. So having the right questions, kind of having that base level understanding is really going to help that project be a success. Yeah. I think one of the things that a lot of we, we see is people just yeah. know they need a new website, but they really haven't given a lot of thought as to what should be on yes. the website and where they should even start. So I think it's really important to come at it with a really good plan, you know, to begin with. So do your homework beforehand yeah. would be my first tip to you, you know, yeah. Not, yeah. That, not that we can't help you and love to be involved in that conversation, but, you know, think about your needs and your goals and start to lay some of that out. Exactly. You know, figure out the why of that website. You know, why do you want it to be redesigned? Is it just that you are tired of looking at it? <laughs> you know, does it have an older look and feel that you want to make sure that you're portrayed in a little bit more modern way? Or is it not hitting the measurables the way that you need to, whether that's, you know, from a search engine standpoint, there's just issues with crawlability that's hurting your overall search engine ranking. Is it a conversion-based issue? Are you not getting enough people taking those next steps, filling out those forms. You know, why do you want to redesign that website? Because that's going to help you kind of frame those questions and, and understand what do you need to get out of it? A lot of times too, it's functionality. You know, it's not doing certain things that's, that you wanted to, whether you're a manufacturer, for example, and you want to have a distributor lookup tool, you know, making sure those sort of tools are going to be on that website. So it's getting the actual use out of it, not just making it, you know, look better. Cause I think anybody can do that. Right. Or maybe not anybody but making a website look good is one thing making it perform well is another yeah, I think the other thing that's really important to identify is what's working now you know I think I've, I've seen a lot of customers that you know completely throw everything out that's working get rid of you know some of the pages that were ranking well from a search engine perspective and just you know not think through hey what's what's generating our leads and then they call in a panic you know somebody designed our website that didn't take this into account and we're not getting any leads anymore can you help me you know so a lot of times we end up doing forensic work what was driving traffic before what did the old site look like so you know take an inventory of, of what what's going on with the site now 
how that's working and what's driving traffic. Exactly. And like my favorite saying, you never want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. So yeah. make sure that you know, you're not going to lose everything you want, which, you know, we do see that, uh, especially now with modern web design, having less words on a lot of the pages. You, know, you kind of want that clean look, a lot of people. And, you know, search engines are still reading those, though. So the issue there is, you know, when you have a lot of content that's all of a sudden stripped away, you know, you can lose a lot of your ranking authority inside of Google. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk content management systems. I think, I don't know of too many people that are building new sites these days without a content management system. And what, what I define content management system is, is the ability for a customer to go in and easily update their site without, you know, having to no code, they can change pages and add new products and content and stuff like that. So Evan, give me your thoughts on content management systems. What are we using? What, what do you see out there? What's popular? Yeah, I think, you know, there's always going to be a lot of different content management systems to choose from and what's your goal for the website is going to help dictate kind of which one you want to go with. So are you going to sell online, right? Because if you're going to sell online, then you're going to be looking at more of an e-commerce type platform. And, you know, same with the more informational driven or, you know, other sort of functionality that's not selling, then you're going to go a different type of route for that content management system. And, you know, one thing I, I see a lot of is, you know, a a steer towards some of the bigger names and whether that's because there's some past experience with them, you know, actually knowing how to use the tool or you've just heard of them or you just have that familiarity and you see a lot of that. So for like WordPress, for example, it is always going to be a popular content management system because it's the most well-known, you know, it has the, the, the lion's share of the market. Now, the problem with that though, is that just because it's the most well-known or the most used, it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's going to be the best and the best option for you, for example. A lot of times there's security issues with WordPress because it is so popular. You know, it's the most targeted. There's also a lot of different plugins that you have to get into WordPress to make it work. It can be the right solution for you, but it's just one of the things to consider. And I know that, you know, we're very involved in, in DNN, which is .NET Nuke. And, you know, it's a different type of content management system. Um, we've, we, I would say, John, we, we've probably had a lot of people come from WordPress to DNN, right? Yeah, I mean, I think back to kind of echo what you said, it depends on what the function of your website is. I mean, if you're trying to sell online, I don't think WordPress or DNN are the right solution. You know, you might need something like BigCommerce or um, NopCommerce or one of those that is specifically designed to sell products. But, you know, so I, back to that whole thing, you know, we use DNN quite a bit. We also build a lot of WordPress sites, but, you know, I mean, it depends on the, the company and what their needs are. You know, DNN in, out of the box has a lot of things baked in like user roles and security and, you you know, so, you know, for a company that's building internet and, you know, a lot of uh, maybe pricing models for their distributors and logins and stuff like that, you're not having to use a whole bunch of plugins to set that functionality up. So that might be a better solution. They also have like revision control baked in. That's not stuff you can't get to with WordPress, but you're using third-party plugins like crazy. So, you know, that can hurt performance. It can hurt security. It can cause problems with updates. So, you know, for specific searches or instances, DNN might be a better solution, but for you know maybe a smaller company that's just going to be updating their site themselves and they just need something simple that they're familiar with wordpress might be the perfect solution so you know again it kind of goes back to what are my needs what are my goals with this website and that should drive you towards what's the right content management system for you so. yeah exactly and i think a good agency is going to be able to have those conversations with you around your goals and be able to make a suggestion 
based on where you're trying to go instead of trying to push you towards one type of solution just because that's the only one that they work in. That would be one thing I would look at, you know, if we're talking through what to look for when choosing a web development agency, you know, that they work in multiple platforms and they're able to have the conversation as to which one's going to be best for your particular situation. Because the last thing you want to do is get stuck in a content management system that you don't like, that you have trouble with, that isn't intuitive, you know, that, that just leads to problems down the road. And I think, you know, the conversation should be had early too about upgrading your CMS. You know, once you get a site, they need maintenance, just like a car, you know, there's new security updates that come out, new features, you know, so if, if this company, you know, just, you know, and we're guilty of this too, sometimes you just, you know, kind of build it and forget it, you know, um, they should be keeping up on the security, the maintenance, the, you know, the ongoing things. And, and we talked about conversion rate optimization earlier, you know, if you're actively making changes and continuing to improve your website as you go, maybe you're not going to have to redesign so often because the site will just naturally evolve and change and be based on, you know, upgrades that we've made to, to get better conversions and engage people more, but also, you know, the backend functionality, you know, new features come out that you can capitalize on. So, you know, look for a company that's proactive. I think, you know, that, that'll help you keep that site up to date, help it keep it secure, plan to spend some money for maintenance because, you know, you can't just build a website one line item, you know, in my opinion, and be successful with it and not touch it for four or five years. I think it needs to be a continual process. So plan to maintain and update that site as you go and you yeah. know, find a company that can help you with that. Exactly. It's like buying a car and then never getting the oil change and expecting that car to still run as good as it always has. Yeah. What's another thing you want to look at when, when at, or choosing a web development company? I hear this a lot, you know, and we get calls like this, you know, I've, I've got chose a small web development company, one or two people, and, you know, I can't get a hold of them. They're gone. They're on vacation. They don't answer their phone when I have a problem, you know. So I think redundancy is important. I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge agency, but somebody that has multiple programmers. So if somebody's gone, you don't have to wait a week to get your website fixed, um, I think is really important. Yeah, I agree. I, and I can echo that sentiment there too, because, you know, you, we do hear those horror stories where the freelancer all of a sudden is not answering emails and you don't know what's going on, or you had a company that was doing it and it was the main point of contact left and nobody else knows what's, what's actually happening. So having that staff redundancy where, you know, it's able to actually go through there so that just because one person leaves the organization, your company is not going to be hurt by that and things are still going to be able to operate as normal. Yeah, and to that point, a lot of agencies, kind of dirty secret here, use outsource people, and a lot of times they're overseas. So, you know, if there's something critical going on, they may be on a totally different time schedule or, you know, not readily accessible or that, that third-party development team that they have, you know, maybe have different priorities. So, you know, having somebody with some in-house staff, I think, is really important. You know, I think you're going to pay a little bit more for that, but, you know, that matters when you have a pretty critical problem, especially if your website's mission critical. So, you know, make sure that they have 24-7 support to answer their phones they have people that can help you i think that's that's ultra important if, if your website is mission critical yeah that's a great point too about the the, the in-house versus you know they're just outsourcing everything for you because you know, it's just outsourced. There's not the same accountability as the in-source or in-house, which can really, you know, cause issues with not only quality, but deliverable. You know, when does it come in? What's the timing for, like you said, working in different time zones? Does the quality fluctuate based on what freelancer they hired for it? You know, all of those things are, are things to be considered on top of, you know, a lot of times you run into issues with security. You know, they're sharing your information, your company information to somebody that's just outsourced, you know, as a freelancer. And there could be some conflicts of interest there, of course. 
Yeah, I think um, the other thing to consider is, you know, the, we talked about content management systems and the ones we mentioned are pretty much all open source. Do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between open source and proprietary content management systems? Though? Yeah, I think that's a really important topic for this because like we were talking about with the content management systems and making sure that you're choosing one that's going to be ideal for your situation. What you don't want to do when you're kind of vetting these is end up in a proprietary content management system of the agency because what that means is that you're stuck and tied to that agency for as long as you're running the website because when it's a proprietary content management system, it means that's their CMS. They're the ones that control it, update it, maintain it, and you're essentially renting it, I would say, you know, in a sense where you don't have the same control. There aren't other developers that can work with you because that's one thing, you know, we always say a lot here is if you're working with us and, and we build you your website, of course, we, we, we hope this doesn't ever happen, you know, but if somebody didn't want to work with us anymore after we built their website uh, and wanted to, you know, go somewhere else, there's always going to be hundreds of developers that can support what we've done because it's an open source solution. It's not something proprietary that's tied to us. So there isn't anybody that stays with us because they have to, you know, whereas on the other side, you know, there are agencies out there that do have proprietary systems and you know, sometimes they tout that as a benefit, but I, I really see it as a negative because it, it really ties your hands behind your back. Yeah, we went down that road when we first started our company. I mean, we actually had built our own proprietary content management system. And the challenge was either you're a company that builds content management systems, or you're a company that can really help customers integrate and capitalize. So, you know, we spent so much time just trying to maintain and improve our content management system that we weren't able to really work with the individual customers and, you know, figure out, A, what's the best technology for them because we wanted to shoehorn everybody into our proprietary system. And then B, you know, really help them implement that, you know, that product and get the most out of it. So with a, you know, an open source, you know, content management system, there's a lot of different development teams, even yourself included, you know, district, you know, uh, contributing to that open source platform. So there's always new stuff coming and security and, you know, where, you know, that company maybe stretched pretty thin and just focused on their proprietary system. And, you know, that's what they sell and that's what they make their money. So they're going to, you know, make it work for you, even if it's maybe not the right solution. So I just be careful, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying that there's not, you know, some really industry specific content management systems that might work well for you, you know, but, um, you know, bet that out. Think about long-term. If I'm going to move, can I take this with me? Is this a company asset or am I just leasing it? You know, what's the, the pros and cons there? So, Yeah. And I think another, you, know, you brought up a good point when talking about, do they build that content management system? Is that what they really do? Or are they, you know, specialize in other areas for integration? Is that, you know, when you're looking at agencies, kind of get a good feel of who they have staffed there because there's a lot of different components that go into a successful website launch, whether it's backend development, right, which is heavy programming, integration, those sort of things, front-end development, which is how does this actually, you know, look to the user, you know, user experience on there, graphic design, marketing, those are all very different types of people, different types of, you know, thought processes. You wouldn't want to have... Like I always say, I would never want to have a backend developer do my graphic design, <laughs> you know, because it's never going to look good. But I would also never want the art director to do any backend programming, you know, because they're just different types of mindsets and different types of uh, of thinking to go about it. You know, creative versus heavily analytical on there. So to make sure that you kind of have an agency that's going to, you know, be able to handle the entire project without, you know, some natural inefficiencies, I would say. Yeah, and I'd encourage you to check references. You know, that's another big thing that I think people just get lazy and don't do. 
um, you know, we provide some with our quotes and, but, you know, maybe do your own research, call around, look at their Google reviews some stuff that's not, you know, solicited, you know, um, because you really, you're getting in bed with these people for a long time. If it's an integral part of your business, you really want to know who you're dealing with and that, you know, I think companies have bumps in the road, you know, not to say that they'll all be positive reviews, but it's how they handle the, you know, the bumps that really matter when the, you know, when you're in it. So, yeah. And I think that's a great point. You know, there's always bumps when there's technology, but being able to, you, know, you can always tell a good company with how they handle those bumps and what they try to do to, to, to make things, make things right, make things happen for their customers. You know, the other thing I would say is important to pay attention to also is how do they handle the actual project management? You know, there are so many different moving pieces. Do they have a dedicated project manager? Do they use a software system to keep track of all of the requests, all the different pieces? That can really go a long way in my experience uh, with making a website successful. Yeah, I mean, everything we add to this list too adds cost, you know, so I mean, you know, back to your original point, it's hard to compare apples to apples, you know, at the end of the day, you are getting a website, but it's kind of how you get there and how, how well it's built. And, you know, so if, if a company has, you know, all this extra stuff in there, like project management team and tracking software to get this project done efficiently and quickly and correctly for that matter, you know, that's going to add to the cost of, you know, a one man shop that's just, you know, kind of seat of his pants or, you know, some guys that are just, yeah, we'll get it there. And, you know, you're kind of having to direct the show. What's your time worth? You know, do you want to be the project manager for your own website? Um, you know, so think about some of that when you're comparing costs, you know, the, the bigger the organization and the more organized and departmentalized, you know, I think the better the process typically to get, get sites done. So um, something that I'd definitely consider. Yeah. And I think on top of that too, is a website's not a commodity. So it's really hard to look at it price by price and say, oh, I got a better deal from going with this company versus another company because they were less expensive. That's not really the case in a lot of situations. You know, you have to be able to understand that, you know, different developers, different designers, you're going to get a different product based on who you're choosing. And that quality of that product is going to vary. You know, it's not a commodity where it's just a widget that regardless of who you get it from, it's going to be the same thing. And the quality of that website doesn't just mean, you know, whether it looks better for one company versus the other. It's how does it perform? You know, what does it do for you? If you're talking lead generation, does one website produce a lot more leads than another? Well, that one's going to be worth a little bit more at the end of the day, because it's still going to be able to produce a high return on your investment, which is really what you should be after here when you start talking about web design costs, is it's really an investment, you know, to make sure that the money that you're spending on here, you know, you don't just get a website done just to get it done. You get it done to get something else done, whether that's more leads, more sales, whatever that situation is, you know, you have that conversation, that website should help support that. Yeah. The other thing that I, I laugh at sometimes is there's these companies that are out there selling like marketing services, like search engine optimization, yet they don't rank for anything themselves, you know? So I think that should be a pretty good clue as to, is this company going to be able to help me rank, you know, make sure that they're ranking for the terms that they're optimized for, um, you know, so. Right. So what do you think? Anything else that you'd want to add? I'm sure that we could go on for well, probably hours. Maybe we'll have some follow-up episodes about this too. <laughs> but anything you'd want to, want to stick with on this one, the initial? I, you know, I think again, I'd leave you with make sure there's a good migration plan in place. You know, when you launch that new site, make sure they're doing things like 301 redirects, moving the old pages, identifying backlinks and making sure that those are correctly redirected. You know, they have a 404 page, you know, that's an error 
uh, page not found, you know, that's so just customized. It's not just this form of death or page of death. Um, you know, so just, you know, I mean, there's, there's benefits to going with a company that has a plan. It's done this a lot. That's got multiple people, you know, um, and the prices are definitely not going to be the same, but uh, you're going to end up paying for it one way or the other, whether it's loss of business, um, you know, performance. Um, so I'll leave you yeah. with that. Yeah. And I think that that's a great ending for it. And really just to make sure that, you know, the companies, if I was to add anything, it would just be, you know, the company that you choose, like here, I know that we're really cognizant about this with everybody we work with. When we're doing a project, we know that, you know, it's either one, somebody's business is on the line because they're the owner of that business. And we need to make sure that this is going to be successful for them or even that they are an employee at a company that chose us. You know, we were the ones that were chosen for the website redesign. And that's something that we always take serious because, you know, that's saying, you know, putting yourself out there, you know, that's saying this is the right company. This is the choice. This is going to be successful. So as you're going through and vetting, you know, those different types of companies, different types of agencies, you know, make sure that one, you're going to be able to work with that company. You know, they're somewhat friendly. I would like to think, you know, at some point that it's not going to be, you know, just an awful experience all around that you don't understand the technical information that they're having, or they don't seem like they have a plan. Like you said, you know, make sure that's going to be a company that has the experience, the track record of the completion. That's going to make you, you know, everything a lot smoother because, you know, you can use that experience in multiple different areas, but also that, you know, you're going to enjoy the company and that they're, fun to work with at least somewhat because projects do, you know, depending on the size, it can take a little bit of time. So you want to make sure that it's not going to be, you know, just an awful experience for you. And there's a lot of ways to cut costs in web design. You can do templates, you can do, you know, um, pre-programmed modules, you know, but is that right for your company? If it's, if it's really critical to your business infrastructure, if your design is, you know, what, who you are, or, you know, really needs to convert for you when people get on there is a template the right thing maybe maybe not you know so that's not a discussion you should definitely have with your web designer what are your needs what are your goals up front and if you're not having that kind of discussion and their proposal doesn't reflect that discussion maybe you should keep looking be my advice to you And we've actually got a nice checklist too that we'll add to the show notes, the web developer checklist. So you can actually go through it. It's got different scores. So as you're talking to different, different companies, you can go through, grade them, see what they are. We'll put those in the show notes, but unless you've got anything to add, John, I think we, we, we can leave it there. Well, if this at home for you and you are looking for web design, we'd be happy to talk to you too and uh, see if we can help you as well. But uh, again, just spend some time thinking about this and, wish you luck. It's a big project. (laughs) Yeah. And don't think that when we say, you know, free consultation or anything like that, that's not our way of trying to do a sales pitch. Uh, There's been plenty of times where we've had conversations just around best way to go about it, best way to do things. And it's, it's not a sales focused consultation. So (laughs) no hesitation there. Yeah, we certainly want uh, want the best for everybody. And this is not meant to be a sales pitch at all. This marketing podcast was really meant to inform you on what to look for. So hopefully it, it's helped and uh, not been a huge, giant commercial this time around. So. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you can stay on top of your game by never missing an episode. You can find even more marketing insights and show transcripts at foremostmedia.com.